0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Good morning, my name is Josh Bertram. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace Crossing. As Pastor Gil uh, mentioned, we are in a series called Grace Anatomy. And the basic idea behind this series is that we are the body of Christ, in that we are God's physical structure here on this earth inhabited by his Holy Spirit just in the way that our bodies have a soul. So God's body, so to speak, his church is the conglomeration of many parts that come together that form the one body, a functional unit that is empowered and guided and made alive through the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent to be with us to empower us to be his body and do his mission in this world and here at grace crossing we are the local expression of that body within our area our zip code our city where we can influence the people and the place that we have that god has sovereignly and in his power put us our theme verse here is 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says that we are the body. It says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you are a part of it. And that is what we are. We are Christ's body. And we've been talking a lot about how all the parts come together. They each have individual functions. And yet, again, they come into this functional whole, and they accomplish a mission. And we've talked about different needs. Last week, we began talking about what it means to grow into maturity. We're going to continue that today. Do you have any wrestlers in the house this morning, like maybe, or you did wrestle? Man, nice. I knew Pastor Gil did. All right. And we have, I don't have a picture of Pastor Gil and his leotard. Is that what they call him? I wish I did, man, but I don't. Well, I wrestled for one year in ninth grade, and I hated it. Seriously, I hated it. I hated the practices. I hated that I would go to school and it was dark, and then I'd go home and it was dark. I felt like a vampire, you know. I never uh, had any light. I was like, Where's the sun? You know. And we would run like six miles before practice, and then we would do calisthenics at the end of practice, and I just didn't understand why you had to do that much movement when you're just in a little match, you know? And we had to run, but, you know, I was pretty good at this, though. Seriously, I was in ninth grade, and I wrestled, and I didn't lose one match. Seriously, I didn't lose one. But I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And one of the things that happened is nobody came around me, no coach really came around me and actually helped me to understand and see the big picture. No coach came and helped me say, hey, here's what you are now and here's what you could be if you did this, 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 and this. No coach came and really talked to me about and encouraged me about how well I was doing. There was very little encouragement about what was going on. And so it was all carrot, Or all stick and no carrot, right? It was all punishment and no reward. And I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. Remember one time, this guy named Marcus Bartlett, probably shouldn't say his whole name, but there it is. Marcus, they did this thing called the cross face. You know, not super creative name. You know, it just goes across your face. And we were doing these practices, and he was rocking me man across my face with his arm and I was just like a freshman and he was older you know an upperclassman and he was like does it hurt Ugh. I'm like I don't know yes and then I start bleeding seriously I start bleeding I'm like ah Marcus you know I'm bleeding I need you to stop he's like were well, you gonna quit I was like "Ah, oh, no and I continued to bleed on the mat until my coach yelled at me because I didn't get up and stop, because I wasn't a quitter, you know? Didn't want to quit. I was always taught not to do that, and yet I was in this discipline that I hated, and everything in me wanted to quit, and then I never did it again. And what I was missing is I was missing someone to show me The process to help me understand that you start here, you want to get here, and you can do it, but you got to go through steps. You got to go through phases. You got to go through stages. And I was also missing the encouragement from myself, because I didn't really know how to do it, and from the coaches who could say, yes, here's where you were Here's where you are. Check out the progress we've made. Check out what you've been able to do. Now, we're in a series, again, about the body of Christ. And we know that bodies grow. We understand that intuitively. Bodies develop. They grow grow. Someone who's two, you don't want to be dealing with the same things as when they're 22 because something has not occurred that should, be, should have happened. There are developmental stages. There are things that the body physically goes through, and we know that and we understand that intuitively, and yet sometimes we miss that when it comes to our emotional life, which means when it comes to our spiritual life because we cannot divorce those two things. And we miss the fact That we are in a process. And so what happens is we are here and we know that we need to get here and we're overwhelmed by it because there's no understanding of what it's going to take and all we can do is focus on what we don't have, what we aren't good at, and what we don't like about ourselves and it becomes this huge issue where we get overwhelmed. Because we can't understand and put together that we're in a process and there are steps that lead to that outcome. And so we get discouraged. And then we get discouraged because we don't see progress or we don't really recognize progress, really. And no one's there to help us recognize progress. And so we get discouraged Because we look at somebody, and we look at their Facebook posts, and we say, man, I wish I was as good a mom as that person. They're with their kids at the park, and they're getting ice cream, and they're smiling all the time, and they're so happy, and I'm miserable. And you sit there looking at a screen, wondering why you are who you are and and thinking about how terrible of a person you are and what you're missing is you're missing the process that gets you from here to there. You're missing the fact that a process is a series of steps and stages that are built upon one another that you have to go through building up to a place where you are able to accomplish something, an intended goal. And each previous step it's, it, it's this progressive thing where it, it's these steps that are built upon one another. And then we forget to look and check and think and bring other people in to help us understand the progress that we've had. You go to any doctor and they have milestones that they have for your child. Why? Because they want to tell you, here is a process that your child's going to go through to get from little baby, infant, all the way to healthy adult, and here's the progress checks that we look for, the milestones that we look for. You know, what happens is that when we lose sight of the process, when we fail to focus on the process, when we fail to recognize and acknowledge progress in our life, we give up. And when there's temptation to give up, here's my encouragement focus on the process, and celebrate the progress. When you're at a place where you feel like you are at your wit's end, you can begin to think about your life as a series of stages. And it's a process. And you can focus on that. You can pay attention to it. You can think carefully about it. Then you can begin to see your progress. And if you don't have the capacity to do that, you can bring other people, i.e., the body of Christ, in to help you. When you want to give up, focus on the process and celebrate the progress. We've been talking about the Apostle Paul a lot in this series. There's a letter that he wrote to a church in a place called Colossae, an ancient city, large city. And this church was struggling and had identity issues. They were starting to leave the foundation of the gospel, that the wrath of God was diverted to the cross from us because of God's great love. And that that's the only place where we can find grace, and it's the only place where we can find the acceptance we all long for. And they were beginning to forget this, and this was very dangerous for them. And Paul has this great piece of advice. In the second part of this letter, Colossians 2, in verses six and verse six, he has this great advice heart that that he talks about. And here's what he says. He says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. See, whenever a writer from the Bible says something, we can always ask ourselves the question, what precipitated this comment? What was the condition of the souls of the people, the hearts of the people, that was such that this writer thought that they needed to make sure they emphasize this point? Well, as you look at this, what you start to think as you ask a few questions is that they were tempted to not continue to live their lives in Jesus. There was a temptation to discontinue. In other words, there's a temptation to give up to give up the experience they had had, to give up what they had learned so far. And Paul says, no, don't do that. You receive Christ. Christ hasn't changed. He's the same Lord. He's the same Savior. He's the same God who loves you more intimately and comprehensively than you can even begin to imagine. He's the same God. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't discontinue. No, continue. Continue to live your lives in him. That's an interesting verb. If you were to look it up, live your lives, it's actually the idea of walking. A step-by-step walk that you have on a daily basis with Jesus. And Paul gives us this amazing instruction that I've taken. I've tried to say, okay, how can I wrap this in a way that makes sense. Well, I think a way to make sense of it is to say to ourselves, when we are tempted to give up, we can focus on the process that we're in and we can celebrate the progress that we've had. And those two things come together, form this amazing encouragement that wells up from within us. If we were to look at the whole verse, the whole section that I want to talk about in Colossians 2, 6, and 7, here's what it says. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See, what I think Paul does here. When you begin to look at what those words within the Greek—that's what the New Testament was written in—when you look at what those words mean, the definition of them, it's amazing what begins to come out. The first thing he says is, "When you are tempted to give up, right?" He says, "Is focus on the process." The way Apostle Paul puts it, as he says, "Just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up, rooted." And built up. Those words are extremely interesting words. Again, it's in Colossians 2.7, rooted and built up. And what they essentially mean is kind of just like what it sounds like. You're rooted. Well, what does a root do? A root attaches a plant to the ground, to its source of life. And through that root, that plant gets the nourishment that it needs to survive, and to grow, and to get to the place of maturity that the plant is supposed to be. And we're not plants. We know that. But emotionally, we can get rooted, and this is what Jesus does. He roots us in him. He creates an attachment to him that gives us the nourishment we need. He creates an attachment in a mystical way, but really within our hearts and our emotions and how we experience the world and our sense of relationship with him. Christ creates this rootedness that is permanent. It's there. It's firm because he's not going anywhere. Really, the only way that this plant can get uprooted is if someone rips the plant out. Well, God's not going to do that because he has an eternal love for you. Or somehow the plant grows arms and legs and it rips itself out. See, Christ is firm in his love for you. You are rooted within him and he has committed himself to continuously giving you what you need to get to the place he wants you to go. And the idea of being built up actually has the idea of stages within a process which each progressive stage grows in capacity, grows in potential. Here's what that means is that God sees you in your life and he sees what's going on and he is a father that wants you to mature and not only does he have a desire for you to mature, but he has the power and capability to do it and what he does is he essentially creates understanding the future, knowing what it is and being power enough to bring things together to put you in a place where you can grow. God actually creates these stages ahead of you that will increasingly move your potential and your capacity in whatever area it is that he wants you to grow. I hate feedback. Does anyone else hate feedback? And the reason I'm mentioning that is just not just so you guys can feel bad for me or give me feedback, but I don't like it because it strikes my identity, but I know that I need it. But I'm not very good at that. And and a few, about a year ago, God started bringing it into my heart that you need to get better at getting feedback. You need to get better at accepting what people are saying and, and not going into a spiral. And it's still really hard for me. But know that, number one, I accept you and love you so you can handle, you're rooted, you can handle that feedback. And as I see it, God begins to create these stages in my life where I can start to get a little bit of feedback, where I can actually begin to be honest with people and say, I, I'm, it's hard for me to receive feedback right now. So if you get it, can you be a little bit gentle or a lot bit gentle? But the purpose is not that I stay stuck, but God has began to increase. I've been able to sit with my wife and her being angry at me. I never was able to do that before. I never was able to do that before. And I'm not perfect at it. Honey, I know you get angry at me. I'm sorry. I I, I let the cat out of the bag. (laughs) But I'm able to sit there And hear from God right in these moments as he increases my ability, my capacity, my potential to handle that feedback. Take feedback and replace it with anything else. See, God is going to bring to your mind things he wants you to grow in. Maybe it's your patience. Maybe it's an addiction that has a root cause that you haven't been honest about yet. Maybe maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's that you eat your feelings away. Maybe it's your ability to communicate and open up. God does not want to overwhelm you. So God creates a pathway forward, a process. And when we compare ourselves to what we wish we were, we miss the fact that the only reason that anybody gets here is because they've taken progressive steps built upon one another that lead them to that point, that increase their capacity. You don't start off running a marathon. You start off running a quarter mile. And God increases your capacity to be able to do it. You are given a route that gives you the nourishment you need, and then God lays out in his grace a process to make you better. To make you the person that he wants you to be. And not only that, he doesn't just lay out this process, he actually strengthens us in it. This is what that next part says. It says that we are strengthened in our faith as we are taught, strengthened in our faith. What is our faith? Our faith is our relationship with Jesus. And so as each step of this process, we are taking Jesus is there to strengthen us, to help us trust him more first, and then secondly, to give us the skills we need within the environment that we, in the situations we're coming into, the skills we need, and then to increase our grit to increase our ability to withstand the pressures and hardships of life. And they they will increase. And as I look at my life, that is exactly what has happened. As I begin to look back, Ashley and I are going to plant a church in Richmond, Virginia, we went through an assessment, and in this assessment process, you know, I scored pretty good, right? Maybe it was good. There was a few yellows there. I wasn't happy about those. Again, the whole feedback thing, but whatever. I got enough green that I felt okay about myself that day, all right? But then, actually, surprisingly, the area where I scored the highest was exercising faith. And as I was reflecting on that, I realized and saw what God did when I was a 16-year-old young man. At an altar at a church and he called me and I heard his voice and I responded and at that time I began to give up things that I wanted. I stopped smoking weed, thank God. I stopped partying. I had to sacrifice friends, not literally, but I had to like not be friends with them anymore. <laughs> right? I had to give a lot of things up in my life and each stage And it was really hard, but each stage prepared me for the next one. I felt, God, you're calling me to go to Bible college. I know that you're calling me to ministry. I'm going to do it. That was this first stage of hearing God's voice and listening. And then I want you to go to grad school. Okay, I'm going to do it. That was the second stage, going and living completely on my own in Boston. And then after that, I want you to marry Ashley. Now, that wasn't a huge leap of faith because you're amazing, sweetie. But I was scared of commitment. I had been broken before and hurt. And I didn't know what would happen. And God said, I want you to marry Ashley. And I did. And she married me, more importantly. And each step of the way, then God said, we want you to go to Columbus as a couple to plant a church. And when I went there, God said, no, this dream, and I've talked about it before, it's got to be something different. It's got to be something different. You've made this too much of an idol in your heart. And I had to listen to God that told me the dream, that told me that I was going to plant a church. And then at the same time, I had to experience and listen to him and trust him as he pulled that dream away. As he said, you're not ready yet. And it was so hard. And I hated it, in a sense. And then I loved it, because it was God's grace. And then that prepared me to take this step to grace crossing. And then that prepared me to listen to God's word when we went through hardship. When we came to a place where we lost Bethany, our daughter, it was the hardest thing that we ever went through, As a couple. And yet that prepared, God had prepared me for that moment. I don't know why he took her. I don't know. And I'm not saying that he did it so I'd be prepared for it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is that he prepared me for it in his grace. To hear his voice. To know that he loves me even when things don't work out. Even when they don't go well. According to the plan that I have in my mind. And he prepared me for that. And all of this is now culminated in this place where God's calling my entire family to a new adventure, okay? A new place. There's so much uncertainty with it. I'm stressed out on one hand. And then on the other hand, I'm recognizing and seeing God's grace. And he spoke to me, he said, Focus on the process. Because the reality was that when I start looking here, things start getting bad. They don't work. They get stressful. I start to lose it a little bit or a lot bit. So, my friends and close friends are laughing. So, but there's a process that God had me in, and this is preparing me to go. I have been prepared to go to do this, amen. Now, it's not just me, though. I'm not special, even though my mom told me I was. You know the same God. You have access to the same Holy Spirit. I was a pothead and God called me to be a pastor. I'm not special. I'm loved by God and I'm called by him. And he has a plan. And he has a plan for you. And he's going to, in his grace, only give you what you can handle. And he's going to prepare you for every next phase because that's what a process is and that's who our God is. And when that happens, what can begin to happen is you can actually begin to evaluate your progress. You can actually take a perspective and look into the past and see how God has worked. And this is what Paul says. The end of this, I love this phrase. So then as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live in your lives live your lives in him, overflowing with thankfulness. You know, how is it that you overflow with thankfulness? Well, perspective starts to help you. When you actually can look back and say, God, I'm seeing how you prepared me for each step. I'm seeing how you have met me in my need. I'm seeing how you have provided. That means you might have to take some time and write down your personal history. It means you might have to go there. And then when you celebrate something, you don't do it alone in your room by yourself. No, you invite other people into it. You invite the body of Christ into it to help you. And when that happens, you can truly be thankful. Because the reason we're not thankful is because we're anxious and we're not satisfied. And one of the reasons we're not satisfied and we're anxious is we're we're so worried about here and we don't see how it's gonna happen and it doesn't make sense and we don't know how we're gonna do everything. We get overwhelmed by the amount of work and we wonder, God, where are you? And when at the same time, we could begin to look in the past and see that God has been faithful each and every step. He has been faithful since the time of Adam, the first person that ever existed. He was faithful to Abraham. He was faithful to David. He was faithful to every single one of the kings of Israel, even though they were not faithful to him. He was faithful to Mary and Joseph, who took a leap of faith, heard from the Lord, protected their newborn God, believing, believing that their son was the Messiah, and God was faithful to Jesus. He took him to the cross, and then he raised him from the dead. We don't serve a God who is fickle. We don't serve a God who doesn't care. We serve a God who's faithful and good and just in his past experience. Our Past experience of Him prepares us for the future. And sometimes we want to give up, I know. I've been there on more than one occasion. But in those moments when we want to give up, we can focus on the process. This is a stage. And this is leading me somewhere else. And we can celebrate the progress. We can look at who God's made us. We can invite people in to help us see when we don't see it. And that produces thankfulness. Because the same God who was there is here, and he's going to be here. When you're tempted to give up, focus on the process. Celebrate the progress. Father, thank you for your love and for your goodness to us, for your graciousness to us, that you do, you are gentle, your Father who leads us into these stages of maturity, that you don't overwhelm us, that we are okay where we are, and your love for us is great. God, I pray that we would remember where we are, that this is one stage in this developmental process, God. And I pray that you give us opportunity to reflect, to celebrate the progress that we had, to talk to others about it, to get that positive feedback and reinforcement that we need, that we are doing well. That things aren't perfect, but we're moving in the right direction. And God, I just uh, thank you for that and ask that you would help us to take whatever it is we need to and and take action on it. We ask in Christ's name, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.